Now let's look at Roma, uh, Romans chapter 1. I'm going to uh, read to you Romans 1, 16 and 17. You have it in your screen. And if you may, we can read it through all together just, just for, for now. But today I know uh, everybody has, has its own version and translation that you prefer. But just for today, we can look at the screen and then let's read through the two verses. Amen? Okay, let's do it all together now. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and also to the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. And may the good Lord add blessings to that. You may be seated. Uh, throughout the message, because this matter uh, to the passage that we have here, uh, I'll be sharing to you God's gospel story and me to make a point. I'm doing that. I'm not apologize of sharing to you gospel story and me because I, I believe it with all of my heart. Each one of you, you have a gospel story that God started in you. And when God started a story within you because of that gospel made a big difference, made impact to you. God made it that way because there's no other one that can tell the story with conviction, tell the story with, with resolve than yourself. But I want to encourage you to be compelled enough that you will keep telling your story of how the gospel made a big difference in you. So let me begin with this one, and we've been hearing over and over again, and I'm glad that been part of that. And uh, this phrase, give us Franklin. Give us Franklin. And I believe it with all of my heart that God is just a matter of time that is going to fulfill that. He's already fulfilling it. He did it already in the past. And he's going to do that again this year and the next years to come. Why? Look at the backstage or in the stage right now. You see all of those flags? They don't just represent countries from different continents. I trust that you, you, you agree with me that those flags in front of us right now, they represent people. People like you and me that at one time in the past lost. At one time in the past, you know, craving for the truth. At one time in the past, we, we do everything we can because we thought we can find our way to hope and eternal salvation. Not until the gospel came to us so clear. that For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. That the Lord Jesus Christ, he gave himself for me and for you uh, to redeem us. Uh, to pay the debt that we owe. And the same Jesus Christ that nailed on the cross, he died. He was buried. And then the Bible says on the third day, he rose again. 
Jesus Christ came out from the grave. He defeated Satan. He defeated sin. He defeated death once and for all. That's the gospel we're talking about. And so let me add to this for us to, to embrace it. We don't only just pray, give us Franklin. But I trust that you will agree with me, Franklin and beyond. That's what you're doing. That's what we're doing. Franklin and beyond. And it's all about the gospel. And this gospel should be gospel out loud. Gospel out loud will give us more compelling, you know, the, the need of us coming together. And it needed two important factors that we need to be reminded of so that we will be gospel out loud as Clairview Baptist because it needed, it requires praying out loud for the gospel. If you're convinced that if you believe it with all of your heart that the gospel out loud, it will require you to bend your knees, put on your knees and pray the more. Because it's all about the spiritual battle here and out there. Pray out loud with conviction and ask the Lord to use your gospel story and tell your gospel story to others so that they will come to hear Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 1 verse 14, they were all continually united in prayer. And this is, you know, during the first early years of the church's conception. They are all together in upper room and believing and praying to God until which the Holy Spirit came and dwelt upon each of them. And they performed miracle after miracles and they spoke in known languages. It is because of prayer they're united. It will also require that we needed to live out loud the gospel. If you're asking, give us Franklin and beyond, you pray. You don't stop there. You have to live out the gospel. So that people will see the gospel in you. People will not only hear the gospel in you. People will experience the gospel because of the story that God started creating in you. Well, if you're going to look at verse number one of the same chapter here, Romans chapter one, the gospel that we're talking about here, it is the gospel of God, according to verse number one. It is a gospel came from God. It is a gospel close to his heart, a gospel that no one can produce, no one can recreate. It is only God who gave his one and only son, in verse number 2, we were told that it was promised before in the Holy Scriptures. Even from the very beginning in the book of Genesis, they're already looking forward. That the gospel will come in the person of Jesus Christ. It had been promised. And they waited for so long. And we have it now. Gospel out loud. Verse number three, we will tell that this gospel, the gospel concerns Jesus Christ. Or this gospel is about the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And this gospel, according to verse 1 and verse 15 in the same chapter, this is the message Paul is preaching. And this is the gospel that we have received. This is the gospel that we responded upon. Well, let me tell you a gospel story in me. 
1953, the Southern Baptist Convention approved a couple to go to the Philippines. And guess what? The couple been approved in 1952. They had to prepare. And they landed in the Philippines in 1953, March the 24th, in my province, where I came from, where I was born, raised, and educated, the Philippines. Ed and Audrey Gordon love the Filipinas. They invested their many years so that they can start seeing church upon church upon church throughout the northern Luzon of the Philippines. Well, down the road, years down the road, uh, one of the Filipino local that, uh, pastor that they develop and, and they have mentored started a church in 1972 in my hometown. I'm telling you this because the same church in the year 1985, when I was like 15, 16 years old, the gospel been preached, been shared, been received by me. And it made a big difference in my life, in the ministry that what, where I am right now. I, I'm telling you the gospel story begun way 1953. <laughs> It all began in the heart of God. It all began with Jesus Christ giving himself. And it all continued. The post that I'm preaching, sharing to you the gospel story. And that gospel story, it never ended up there. You know why? The gospel story reached the Philippines and reached me. The gospel story never reached only the Philippines, but reached Franklin. The gospel story reached you and you and you and you. And I'm telling you this morning, you have a gospel story to tell. All you needed to do, pray out loud, live out loud, so that your friends, your co-workers, and everyone out there will be amazed and say, what's in you that I don't have? I want to have it too. And plain, plainly, simply, we will say, it is the gospel that came from God. It is a gospel that the Lord Jesus Christ displayed and manifested, came here on earth, and he gave himself. And this became good news to everyone who believes, repenting from sin and by faith and trusting their lives to Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Now, in the passage, there are convictional statements here. That I want you to look at. Maybe you have heard it many, many times. But I want you to understand they are convictions. They are not preferences. They have to be prayed and live out so that people will say, oh yeah, the gospel really is alive in you. The gospel you're, you're talking about is a gospel that I wanted. Because if it made a difference in you, then that gospel may be what I needed. So that it will make a big difference on my part too. Look at on the screen right now. Here's the statement number one. The Apostle Paul said here, not only that you said, you know, gospel out loud, Franklin and beyond. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. This is the gospel that I receive. I'm not ashamed of it. In verse 16, the first clause. This verse and the next one are the very heart 
of the book of Romans, a, a, a kind of thesis statement of the book. It's all about the gospel. It's all about the, the gospel story of Jesus Christ. You see the link with verse 15. The reason he is eager to preach the gospel in Rome is that he is not ashamed of the gospel. This language implies that it requires some courage to, to bring to the world who the gospel, what to the Jews was a stumbling block and to the Greeks foolishness. During their time in, in, in Rome, they said, gospel? Seriously? That gospel came from Jerusalem, a small, tiny town. And you're talking about, we're in Rome. The gospel you're talking about? This is Rome. Rome was a proud city. The gospel came from Jerusalem, the capital city of one little nation that Rome had conquered. And so there's no other way that you will take pride of this. Because it's a gospel that are known to them. Why pay attention? But what did he say in Romans 1.16? Let me repeat again. Because the Apostle Paul said, I'm not ashamed of this gospel. He's, he's referring to it that, that I have a sense of pride and, and honor and approval. And, and this is the gospel I have. He's so proud of it because he can go back where it all started. Remember? He, he, he's so devoted to what he believed in. You know, chasing the believers and, and leaders in churches and putting them in prison and putting them to death. And then at one time, the Lord God showed up. And the road to Damascus. And the apostle Paul, Paul Saul, 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 he had two questions and said, who are you? And he mentioned, Lord. He, rec he recognized the voice. He recognized it's the Lord that is chasing and persecuting. And, and God said, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, the one who died and rose again from the dead. This is the good news for soul, soul himself. And so he responded with another question. You know the story. He said, what must I do, Lord? Not only he recognized the voice, he recognized who's uh, talking to him. But he said, well, what must I do, Lord? Well, the Apostle Paul said, this is the gospel I'm not ashamed of. Now bring that to your personal experience. Isn't it a lot of times that we, we couldn't even mention that we're Clairview Baptists? Isn't it sometimes too, it's awkward that, you know, uh, especially nowadays because you didn't have to have the book form, Bible, so nobody knows that you're going to church because you just bring with you your iPhone, your iPad, your tablet, and it's like a secret group, right? Isn't it true too that even at work, at school, there's no sense of pride? There's so many reasons because of that. You know, we're in a culture that it's so difficult, really, to live out the gospel. It will take a sense of pride and honor and approval, and you know that it made a big difference in you. And therefore, you will say with conviction, I'm not ashamed of this gospel because it made a big difference of me. 
another convictional statement that we can find in the text. Because if you continue reading the text, this gospel, not only, I'm not ashamed, the Apostle Paul said, this gospel is the power unto salvation. There's no other good news that has the power to produce and secure your eternal salvation. There's no other story that the world can offer you and will give you assurance, will give you hope that if you have it, your future and your eternity is sold, sold out, done. It's a done deal. This is the gospel the, the Apostle Paul is talking about here. Because it is the power of God unto salvation. So in other words, this message of Christ crucified for the sake of sinners, of Christ raised from the dead as the Son of God in power, of grace given freely to those who will trust in Jesus, this message will bring all who bang on it to everlasting salvation. That's the power that we receive uh, from God. Uh, John 14, verse 6, and you know this verse very well. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father except through me. And that's from the words of Jesus Christ. He is the gospel. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. There is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, the gospel made alive. The gospel of Christ alone is the power unto salvation. But let me continue the gospel story in me. The gospel reached the Philippines. I heard the gospel for the first time. But God is not done yet. Because when I graduated in that little seminary, Bible college, the church where I came to know Jesus Christ called me and became one of their pastors. And then in two years' time, I transitioned to become their senior pastor. They have a Christian school, K-12. And I was so privileged and honored because that's where I heard the gospel. Those are the people that discipled and mentored me. And then a few years after that, they called me and back there serving with them. Isn't it that great? Right? Where, where I was born, where I was raised, where I was educated, back there serving our people. And the Lord never been even done yet because the Lord has reached my siblings and my parents came to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He saved me. He saved my entire family. But it's not easy. It is not easy. You know, in the Philippines, we're under the Roman Catholicism, right? It's maybe 85 or even higher than that percent. And so everybody are Roman Catholics. Growing up, I was an altar boy, you know, dreaming to become a priest someday. That local parish in, in, in my town sent me to the seminary for one weekend, so that I'll find out if I have the calling, and I don't have a calling. <laughs> Some of my friends went through. There are now a local priest back home. And then Mormon missionaries from here, you know, invested in me too, and I thought maybe they have the truth and everything. 
but it didn't went through. It is only not until my friend invited me to a Bible study. And it's where I heard the gospel about Jesus Christ. And that six friends who came to know Jesus Christ, and I'm telling you, it became hundreds. That if we will show up all together, this sanctuary, we can easily fill up this with high, high school students wanted to know more about God. That's in our time. It never happened the way it happened during my time. It did a little bit when I was back as a pastor, and we had Bible study from different sections, from different uh, uh, year in that high school because they know me, and I have like hundreds of students every week. It never happened again. Well, I'm telling you, this is the gospel story that we believe in. That's the gospel that we believe in. It's not easy, I said, because my father, it took eight years for us to pray for him until he came to know Jesus Christ. Uh, he had a cancer when I left the Philippines in 1998. And then three months uh, on my third month here in America, in Pennsylvania, and then my family called in and they said, uh, your dad just passed away a day before my birthday. A day before my birthday. But I praise God. He, come to, he came to know Jesus Christ as his Lord and his Savior. The gospel is the power into salvation. Another convictional statement here. The gospel is for everyone. How would I know that? Look at around. Look around you. Right? Look around you. And look at the flag that represents people. That will tell you right away the gospel is not only for Americans. And the gospel is for Filipinas too. And the gospel is for Asians too. For, for, for everyone because they are in need of Jesus Christ. Well, when, when I was in Pennsylvania, I served as a, a local pastor. Then served in the, in the Pennsylvania South Jersey Baptist Convention as their ethnic strategies. And I like that job description because that's what God plays in my heart. You as I read and my two children, they grow up going to different churches every Sunday. We go to a Haitian church. We go to a Chinese church. We go to Arabic-speaking church. You know, I, I preach in Ukrainian, Russian, Polish, and, and name it. We have it in Pennsylvania, in, in Philadelphia area. And so that will tell me that God so loved everyone. <laughs> God so loved the world that the gospel is for everyone, all of us in need of Jesus Christ. And that's what he's saying here. And Mark 16 verse 15 said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. And the Great Commission is all about going and making disciples of all nations. It is why Clairview Baptist is not only making a difference to our community here in Franklin, but also beyond. It is why you go to Eastern Europe. And I told Pastor Jason, let's go to the Philippines. Let's add another flag there. And I can bring you to Luzon, Visayas, Mindanao. And we can have all of the pastors. And you can join us too, all of you. We can go to the Philippines and bring the gospel and, and, and minister to all of the people there. In fact, Missouri Baptist Convention, earlier this year, they asked me, because they adopted Filipino Americans as their affinity group. 
they even adapted one island back home in the Philippines. If you know Philippines, it's a, it's a country of many islands, uh, about 1,100 major main islands. In my province, that's a major island, we're close to what they call 100 islands. And it's close to my home. And, you know, I, I, we didn't have a swimming pool growing up. We're very poor. But, man, I'm telling you, my swimming pool is larger than your swimming pool. You know why? I live in near to the beach. I, I live literally walking the distance to Lingayen Gulf. That's where I learned to swim. That's where I learned to catch fish. And uh, Jason is talking about hunting. We do different hunting back home. We do, we use different tools, you know, out of nothing. And we can hunt anything. And you barbecue them, we grill them. But I'm telling you, gospel, the gospel we're talking about is for everyone and no question about that. Let me add to this one because this is concerning, you know, what we do here in North America. I know you belong to Southern Baptist Convention, but it's not all about Southern Baptist Convention, you know. A God can work in different ways to many other Christian groups in using all of us so that we can reach the world for Jesus Christ. I was asked to lead a project. This is a year early on with the ministry that we, we have. And so I was asked to lead a project to trace back as far as 1990 and find out if we're making a progress in terms of diversity. And we did, and I'm a very good friend to Dr. Minha. He, he is the president of the National Research Fellowship. And we're very close, and we have several projects in the past. And, and I told them, here's the project, and there's no other person I can think of that can help me with this. Uh, literally, literally, Jason, this, this man I'm talking about, he's the one producing all research on me. I just text him, call him, and he will make it happen. He will break down. Uh, we can even ask him to break down Franklin and find out all, all different people here that Man, man, the, the software he's running, it's his own. And because of my relationship, he does tremendous of this one. But, but here's the finding. Uh, we're talking about diversity and ethnicity. And uh, we, we, we couldn't help, but we needed to embrace this. And we have to educate ourselves so that we can make a difference of what's coming to our neighborhood, to our country. So... Back in 1990, out of two, uh, out of ten, there's two ethnic minority. This is only within Southern Baptist Convention, two out of ten. You do that fast forward, we found out 2019, based on annual church profile, with all of the new added congregation, about over 10,000 within the Southern Baptist Convention from 1990 to 2019, 10,000 over, eight out of ten ethnic minority could you imagine that could you imagine that God is bringing the world to our neighborhood God is bringing the world to United States of America and we needed to be responsible enough because it's by reason because they needed to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ it's not only going but the Lord is bringing people all nations to us 
accident, they will come to know Jesus Christ. Let me give you what's happening. Because if you reach one of them, here's what I do and what we do in my culture. If I heard the good news, I'm here in America, and it made a big difference for me. The very first thing that the Lord put in my heart is to go back home and share that good news to my loved ones. All of us. You, you ask our friends here, and, and it's always like that. I heard the gospel, therefore, the very first group I wanted to, uh, to, to minister is my loved ones back home in the Philippines. And that's how you impact the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It made a big difference to me. It made a difference to you. It will always make a difference for all of us. Now, look at verse 17. Look at it in verse 17, because in verse 17 is adding a convictional statement here. Uh, we're closing here in verse 17, because it said here, the answer of verse 17 is this. The gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes because, look at the line, the phrase, in it, referring to the gospel, in it, the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. In fact, you know, Martin Luther, he hated verse 17. I'll give you the reason why he hated verse 17. Because you mentioned about the gospel already. It's a good news. The gospel is power unto salvation. I'm not ashamed, Paul said. The power unto salvation. The gospel is for everyone. It's already good. Why you wanted verse 17? Because it said in verse number 17, and you talk about the righteousness of God. If you're going to uh, talk about righteousness of God, we are all in trouble because we're all sinners. And if God is righteous, then it will it warrant, it will require that God's wrath has to be applied to you. It is the reason why he hated this the most, but he reconciled it because he wrote, Martin Luther said, I had been captivated with an extraordinary ardor for understanding Paul in the epistle to the Romans. But a single word in chapter 1 verse 17 in particular, he said, in it the righteousness of God is revealed. It stood in my way. I hated that word righteousness of God, which I had been taught to understand is the righteousness with which God punishes the unrighteous people. In verse 18, it said even God's wrath from heaven came down. But if you understand all in all with this one, here's how to reconcile it. Righteousness of God is being revealed through the gospel of Jesus Christ. In other words, through the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform lives. The gospel of Jesus Christ that can change and make a difference in my life and to your life made it possible for the righteousness of God will be applied to you and to me. And so it's not your righteousness, but the righteousness of God that produced by the gospel that you have received. In other words, Franklin and beyond, we're giving them a hope, truth, that is only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform, the only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can save. And therefore, there's no other way that I love to be part of than gospel out loud, Franklin and beyond, to your neighborhood, at school, at 
word. Let me end up with this verse. You know it, Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you and remember. Notice that phrase, that line. Remember, I am with you always. The promise as we respond to the calling of gospel out loud is the presence and the power and the promise of God that He will never leave you from the start of your story to the end of your story as you will be faithfully compelled upon and resolved to share your story to anyone out there, your friends at school, at work, whatever you are. God said, I am with you. You got me. We will do this together. Clairview Baptists, let's do this together. Together, we can do more than a part, I'm telling you. And together, we can impact not only those flags that represent people and beyond, but together, we can claim Franklin and beyond for Jesus Christ. Remember, remember this. God's gospel story started in each one of us when we responded. Please, please keep telling that story to others. You know, you often don't think about sharing something with somebody like a tweet or an email or sending them a sermon or sending them a podcast. You don't often think of that as missions, but it is. It's not that you have to send it to the whole world or post every single thing we do at Clearview on your feed. But if, if you've heard a sermon or if you've listened to a podcast, think through your life. I mean, God, who needs to hear this? Sometimes it, it, it doesn't need to go on your Facebook page. Sometimes it needs to go on your Twitter. But sometimes just a simple text to one person can make all the difference in the world. Is sending them the Word of God in real time. Share it. You'd be surprised how far it goes.